Hello everyone, welcome to the Arsebolics podcast on a uh, Thursday night. A bit of an out-of-kilter schedule, partly because we didn't record after Tottenham, right? And um, and and we hadn't recorded after Bournemouth. I'm right with all this guys and i am like i'm like i'm not trying to think about what the last time I recorded was but and anyway and obviously we've had this midweek game um against lons so what we're going to do today is we're going to just recap on you know just talk about a little bit about how we feel after um those fixtures particularly how we feel post lons and we're going to preview the massive game this weekend against man city so with me raj you've got two boys myers and aaron hello boys hello mate hello hey, you're right. <laughs> Two boys. That's <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. Yeah. What, what, what was factually incorrect? No, nothing. Anything? <laughs> nothing. No, you haven't got you haven't got minors here. Just to clarify for anyone, yeah. just listening and not watching. We are both over significantly over. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. like, given the amount of time it takes you to get ready to get on the podcast, you probably are a bit of a child, to be honest, mate. <laughs> Talking to you, mate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Well, um, let's crack on, shall we, boys? Um, it's been a weird week to reflect on because we played Bournemouth and we battered Bournemouth. We absolutely hammered Bournemouth. We love playing Bournemouth, it seems. Um, last season, it was I still have the memories from last season's away game. It was the game where Saliba scored that amazing goal and Zinchenko was, you know, head in hands going, oh my God, what kind of centre-back have we got here? And then that was... Kind of the birth of the Saliba chant, I think, as well, that game. Lovely memories from that day. And then and this is no real different. It's it's quite funny, isn't it, as well? Because whereas the Saliba sort of chant and, and that goodness was was delivered that day, the Kai Havertz chant really got going against Bournemouth after he converted that penalty, which was kindly given to him by Saka and Odegaard. Um to break his kind of little the the, the to, to get the little monkey off his back around this um lack of goal scoring form that he's um he's had since he started his Arsenal career. But anyway, we you know we won that game 4-0. It was lovely. Um it was a great weekend overall, wasn't it? Because uh Man City also dropped points uh, unexpectedly against Wolves. Man United um played Crystal Palace. Can you say Man United losing at home is unexpected these days? Probably not, but it's still nice, isn't it? Um uh, Tottenham won in such dramatic fashion that we could probably record a whole podcast about that game. But I think everyone's sick to death probably talking about all the stuff that happened in that game. Um, and then, boys, we went to Lons, didn't we? And and we uh, we sadly lost a game which we probably thought we were going to win. Is that fair, Mice? Did we think we were going to beat Lons? Yeah, I, was, I think I was pretty confident going into that game. Um, there was a lot of talk around team selection before the game um and i think there was a lot quite i don't know if you guys saw this there was uh quite a few prominent arsenal kind of people podcasters social media whatever um suggesting that arteta should really be rotating for this game and basically implying that it's a it, it should be a pretty straightforward win um i wasn't really sure what to expect um, in terms of the quality of Lons. I know they had a really good season last season, obviously, because they qualified for the Champions League, but I think their home record was, um, I think they won 17 out of 19 games, something along those lines. Obviously, that means they're strong at home. Um, I didn't know that they hadn't been in the Champions League for 20 or so years um, until just before the game. So, obviously, <clears throat> obviously that added a massive 
uh, just gave the crowd gives the crowd a massive boost, and obviously they're well up for it, kind of like how we were when we played PSV a couple of weeks ago. Um, to be honest, I think the, the biggest parallel I thought over this weekend was Lons Arsenal was a bit like Newcastle PSG, wasn't yeah, it? Like, and yeah. I, and I really realised that when they showed the crowd and stuff like this, because you know, there are people crying, uh, Lons fans crying uh, at the final whistle that they beat Arsenal, you know, on their return to the Champions League. So yeah, huge game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I didn't anticipate that to be fair. I didn't anticipate um, the crowd to be um, kind of that. It's not really hostile, but yeah, just for them to be, um, it, it was just a tough atmosphere um, for us to play and not making any excuses. So yeah, I think definitely we went very strong, didn't we? So I think the point I was trying to make is despite there being potential talk of heavy rotation, especially with the game that we've got in a couple of days and who we're playing um, in a couple of days. Arteta, Arteta probably expected what we actually faced and he went with a very strong lineup. I think the only player he changed or rotated was Tommy Asu for Ben White. Uh, I think everyone else was pretty much kind of like, you know, your strongest team that you could go with. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, d- disappointed. I think, you know, it's... It's just a bit annoying. It's like it's a it's a weird one because we haven't, you know, we don't lose too many games anymore. Um, <laughs> and like you know, and I, I don't that, that's not being arrogant or anything. That's just how, how it is. You know, we don't actually lose too many key games. I guess you could say. Um, and last season, like end of the season, where we did lose a couple, and obviously it cost us, like the City game, the Forest game. Um, you know, they were really painful defeats. This is this wasn't a painful defeat because obviously there's still four games for us to kind of come back and do what yeah, we need yeah. to do. Um, but it's a bit, it's, it's more of a, it's, it's just annoying because it, it, it now puts pressure on the next game and the next game is a, a similarly tough away game in terms of where we have to go. I, I don't think Sevilla started the season that well either, similar to Lons haven't started the season that well, but we know that they're going to be well up for it. Um it's a tough away ground to go to. They have pretty good European pedigree, maybe not in the Champions League, but definitely in, in Europe when I'm, when I'm talking about the Europa League. Um, so it, it puts some pressure onto that game. And if, you know, I mean, look, it's but some maybes, but if we don't get a result in that game, then it just makes the final three games all the more tougher. And I think we were all probably thinking maybe get a draw at Lons or hopefully win the game. And then uh, you win your home games and you're pretty much through. And then yeah. you know a couple of bonus points in the other two games, and maybe rest a few in the in the final game if we've already qualified. So maybe isn't going to work out like that. So so yeah, I think the most. I mean, obviously that yeah, we're going to come onto it at some point. But the most annoying thing about the game, aside from the losses, obviously what's happened to Saka now. So yeah, all in all um, before not. getting before getting into that injury, I mean, Aaron and my sort of touched on something which is uh, you know you have to reflect on it, I suppose, in a positive way. Where nowadays, you know, if Arsenal concede a goal. It, there's there's an inquest if arsenal draw a game it ruins your week and and if arsenal lose i, I mean it's it's basically meltdown time on you know on, on social media i mean it really it really is um th- this being said you know i i tweeted this when i was starting to feel a little bit better where i sort of thought if there's one game in the whole season where you'd probably say has the least um ha- has the least meaningful impact if you lose, it's game week two in the Champions League after you've won game week one, right? You, you'd rather lose that than losing the Carabao Cup because, you know, you're out of the competition if you lose in the Carabao Cup. But this is probably that one fixture where 
you won one game already. You can make up for it in another four. And, you know, you need to finish in that top two out of four anyway. Um, this all being said, do you think that given we played such a strong team in particular, do you think this deserves a little bit of an inquest, this this performance and result? Um, I think it's one of those where, you know, I, I read somewhere that actually our European away record with Arteta isn't actually that good. Um, I think we've won, and this is like playing Europa League football, right? Up until now, where I think we've won something like three or four out of eight um, in like all those teams that we played in the Europa League. Um, they obviously weren't great teams, but um, like these European away games are tough, right? And I think, I don't know if we underestimated the the nature of it. We didn't prepare properly, but yeah, I think there was an element of like, okay, we play our best team. We're generally like in the Premier League, pretty good away from home. And we can just kind of do that and it's going to be okay. But like you said it earlier on, right? When when you go away, like especially this game, we were the first, the first one they played at home, right? We do, You don't really want to be the first one. If you're the second one they play at home, it's probably a bit easier. But the first one, like, like for us against uh, PSV, it was big, right? Like you said, there are people crying and like the flags were out and everything. And I just think we didn't really adjust to that properly. We could never really get to grips with the atmosphere, the event, the, the nature of the game. And they were never going to die easily. Like the game itself was a bit of a weird one. I don't think we like, you know, I don't think we got battered or anything. We just didn't do that much, right? We had that chance where, I think Tommy Asu forced to save from the goalkeeper from a corner. And then, you know, a couple of minutes later, they go and score, right? It could have been a very different game. We could have just snuck it 2-1. The um, the frustrating thing for me was just, again, our attack still looks a bit disjointed. Um, we're not creating chances the way we were last season. And, you know, I think some people might say it's deliberate. We're controlling games more. We've got players like Declan Rice in there who will control the game more. But it's definitely, you know, all the stats show that we are creating way less chances than last season. Um, and that's okay if you aren't doing dumb things at the back. <laughs> but we we just seem to be unable to, like, really keep clean sheets consistently. You know, there's a mistake from Raya, from Raya for the first goal. Um, second goal, like, just just sloppy generally defending. So, yeah, it's it's not crisis, right? I don't think it's like we, we get battered and they were all over us. I think we just struggled. And I think, you know, we might talk about this in a bit, right? The fact that we had City on Sunday coming up, you know, if we had like a an Everton away or, an, or, or like a Forest at home, after this game potentially we might have managed that game a bit better but you know that i felt probably also played on the manager's back a bit and the managers had a bit just to say like okay i can't really go all out to win this game because of city on sunday um so no i don't think it deserves an inquest i just think it's just frustrating because you know as arsenal fans we can never really fully, like, we, we just panic too much, right? We know like, oh, we're back with things are looking good. And then we just drop a stinker out of nowhere. And then we're like, oh, are we really good? Um, 
So I know what you mean it's true, isn't it? We um like Vieira, like all these players are oh, Vieira's back. This is Vieira's season, and I don't think he plays that well. Like um, you know, Eddie, Smith Rowe, Nelson, all these guys they come on and we think, oh, like this could be their year, and they kind of just show us why they're maybe not yet the finished article. Um so, is that something to dive into actually now? Aaron? I mean it's squad squad depth, right? Because we have um We've got a couple of injuries. We know going into the Lons game, there are a couple. Martinelli is sort of the the highest profile one of that, I suppose. Um, and Partey's, you know, still still been out. But you've got to anticipate that every now and again, your first team, like the best team, you know, you, 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 you on paper the, that team that you put out, sometimes it's just not going to work. Um, were you disappointed? I know I certainly was. Were you disappointed with the quality of the performances from the guys who came on? Yeah, I was. But don't get me wrong. I think the guys who came off weren't that good either, right? Like, it's not like they were noticeably worse than everyone else. I think my my frustration was more like, you know, we finished that game with a, a front five of Jesus, Eddie, Smith Rowe, Nelson, Vieira, right? And um that is, I think, like you said, and when we discussed it, like, that's a very Europa League like front five, except Jesus. Um mm. and yeah, I think we've seen it, right, with this team where like you the first eleven, yeah, first eleven, twelve players that we've got that we can kind of rely on are pretty solid, right? And then you bring in one of those players, like you bring in Eddie up front and you keep the the core 10 players around him, he looks pretty good, right? You maybe bring on Nelson as one and he looks okay. Like Vieira comes on on his own and he looks okay. You surround him with with like the first team, right? But then when you bring on like four or five of them, like I think the drop on quality is so much, like the whole team really suffers, especially on a night when it's not going that well and the atmosphere is tough. And they, to be fair, they defended really, really well. That, that guy who used to play for Southampton, I can't remember his name, was really good, I thought. Um, and just generally, their goalkeeper had a decent game. Um, and, but yeah, it's just like a lot of things went wrong. And, but I don't think, I don't know, what do you think? Like, like we know the limitations of Eddie, and we know the limitations of Nelson, Smith Rowe. We don't really know where he's at at the moment. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a mixed bag, but that doesn't bother me as such because you know you're talking about squad players, right? They're squad players for a reason. I don't think our squad players are that much worse than anyone else's squad players, mm. right? Like even Man City nowadays, their squad players they aren't that much better than ours nowadays because their squad has thinned out quite a bit. But they can they just seem to be able to rotate a little bit better than we do. I suppose part of that's experience, experience with the squad, experience with the manager, and navigating kind of European competition as well. And you know, I, I, but Myers, maybe I don't know if you want to sort of take that question from Aaron and from from a quality perspective. My, you know, my my very basic perception is I'm I'm pretty aligned with what Aaron had said. I mean, I, I would probably say um, I actually do think our squad's pretty good. I actually do think if you look at um, you know if everyone's fully fit then you could make up a bench of extremely talented people who all have different skill sets who can make a difference. I am inclined to agree with the fact that if you put five of them on at the same time, like, you know, then the collective drop-off, particularly 
where some of those players are in their journeys, like ESR with, you know, kind of what Aaron sort of mentioned. Um, but what, what do you think? Should we be expecting more? Do you think that um, we're being a bit harsh on them by saying that the drop-off is big? A little bit harsh. A little bit harsh. Um, look, there's definitely a drop-off. It's, it, it, it's, it's clear... Like you guys have, what you said is completely correct. You know, you put play all of them at the same time. You basically play a League Cup team in a Champions League game, and you'll probably get a bit of a League Cup performance. I think the point you made is pretty key, Raj. That when we have, and maybe we never will see this really for more than a few games at a time, but when you have a fully fit squad, um, it looks it does look very different because then Saka doesn't come off in the first half. Martinelli probably starts the game, so Trossard comes on for him. You know, there's more options. And I think the other thing that we haven't spoken about, but it's a very obvious thing, is like Kai Havertz is playing majority of minutes and he's not really playing that well. Like, I'm not saying that with maybe carrying him is a bit too harsh, or he's say he's harsh, but, you know, he's not hit the ground running since he joined Arsenal. And whereas when you compare it to 12 months ago and what Granit Xhaka was doing for the team, um, you know, that new role for Granite Xhaka kind of worked from the first game of the season and he just had this unbelievable season. And he was so key to a lot of the good things that we did going forward. And Aaron, you touched on like, you know, it hasn't really clicked going forward yet this season. So I think there's a few things that kind of either haven't fallen into place or, um, you know, Martin is a huge miss, miss. And then you take Saka out of the team as well. That's like your two kind of out, you know, we know all about both of those players and what they offer. So that's your two you know, exciting, dynamic players out of your front three, probably say Jesus is as well, to be honest, but you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, a lot of our goals get taken out of the team. And then you're you're relying on players when you're bringing them off the bench to make, like, game-changing actions. And it is it is quite hard. Like, Nelson's done it here and there. Enketi has done it here and there. Smith Rowe probably has it in him. But then, like you guys are saying, getting expecting all of them to kind of turn a game around. Um in a tough atmosphere, tough away, tough away game, I think is maybe asking a bit too much. But yeah, you know, I think I think that's something that we're addressing because you go back two or three seasons, and I know we were a very different team two or three seasons ago, but you go back to the kind of players that we were relying on as squad players, it's 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 got it has gone up a level. I think it still needs to go up a level for us to really compete. But um I was I wanted to just also ask we had an interesting conversation after the game about like the subs, as in what could Arteta have done anything differently? I, I feel like he did what he could do based on who he had on the bench. And um, again, factoring in that he lost Saka early on and that wasn't part of the plan. Do you guys like do you guys have any thoughts on like, just timing of the subs, the subs? Should he have done anything differently? Should he have kept players on for longer? I mean, Aaron, do you want to put yourself back into the emotional state that you were in when we lost before you respond? Or do you, are you, you know? Yeah, no, my views haven't changed. I thought <laughs> <laughs> I thought the subs were. I, I, I didn't. I didn't think the subs were good. I think he. Look, I think look. If you, look, what what is what is a good sub? All right, let's 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 start there. Like a good sub is when you change it, and it has an impact on the game. Okay. We need to differentiate something, though, because I think you're conflating two things here, right? One is a good sub in theory, and two is how it works out. And you're just implying how it works out. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fine. Yeah, obviously, how, how it works out, right? Um, 
but in theory, right? I think it's when you when you look at like that front five that finished the game, right? He was taking a big, big bet to say, in theory, these five players, when I finish the game with this, this is gonna win me the game. Mm. Right? Like you take off Odegaard, you take off Trossard. And like look, don't get me wrong, it was a I can see the rationale in every one of those individual subs, right? All the players that came off did not have good games, right? But you take off Zinchenko, you take off Odegaard, you take off Trossard. They are like three of our, maybe not Trossard, but Odegaard and Zinchenko. You take them off, you really, really struggle to progress the ball. You really, really struggle to move the ball to the right places. Um, and, you know, the players you bring on, you're, you're putting a lot on them, right? And I think the only justification i think you can say is like he was worried about city right so if he was resting rotating that's fine but i think he just i've i've seen it a few times now over the last kind of year and a bit like I, i'm not saying we should sack arteta i'm not saying that but i think he just needs to get a bit better at how he manages these things right i think very rarely he's done it in a few games i can't remember which ones but he definitely has done it right but very rarely ever seen like these subs change the game these subs have like been the right subs for the right time. I often think the subs that he makes often don't really have the intended effect that he wants it to have. Um, and when you're consistently doing that, I think there's something you just need to get a bit better on. Now, like you've got to look at this holistically, right? You've got to look at the team that starts the game as well, right? And the team that finishes the game. There's, you know, this whole concept of like rotating and, and doing that right knowing who you've got on the bench could he have maybe actually worked with a slightly different starting lineup to say actually well Saka's not fit completely I'm going to bring him on at 70 minutes rather than take him off at 70 minutes so I at least have someone to bring on given that I know I've only really got Nelson and Vieira to bring on otherwise um so yeah I, I do I don't think the subs were were good right is it the reason we lost no right we, we lost because Basically, collectively, everyone was rubbish. But um, it, if he had left Odegaard on, if he had left Zinchenko on, um, would we have had a better chance of winning the game? You know, fitness and resting for Man City aside, I think we would have, right? I don't think you can really argue that taking Odegaard off and Zinchenko off makes us better in any way, right? But, mate, do you think, I mean, playing devil, devil's advocate, if, if he'd have played those players that did come off till let's say the 85th minute, 90th minute, whatever, trying to chase the game and trying to get a result. I think, you know, I think there's probably a lot of fans that will, they'll be screaming at the TV saying, you know, why are you not changing it up? Why are you, you know, like you said, those guys that came off weren't having good games. So if it's not working and we're sort of saying that he's got options that are not as good as your first team, but we need to use them. We need to use the squad what I, I, I'm just not sure what else he's supposed to do. You know, he's, I think I'm just looking at the subs now. He made three, he made a triple substitution at seven on 70 minutes. Um, so that was Ben White, Reese Nelson, Smith Rowe. Like what I'm, I'm just, what else, what else is he supposed to do? You know, he's not, he's not changed it up super early. He's had to make an early sub anyway. And I guess also, yeah, you mentioned Man City on the horizon. That's obviously one factor. I think he's probably also thinking, well, I've lost Saka potentially for, however long maybe for this weekend i don't probably don't have martinelli i can't really run trossard into the ground 
I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but you know, he's probably got that in the back of his mind. Well, what happens if Trossard gets injured? Who's my front three going to be on on Sunday? Similarly with Havertz, who he's brought off, and then similarly with Erdegaard as well. So he's probably just managing legs and personnel a little bit. As yeah, well. fine. If he's managing legs, then fine. Like that's that's fair, right? But I the way I looked at it is he obviously wanted to win that game, right? And maybe he's taken out 75 minutes thinking, you know what, sod this. Like, everyone's playing crap. This is a write-off. I'm just going to take players off, right? But the way I looked at it was that was he was those subs tactically in the best interest of winning that game in isolation? I, I don't think so. Um, now, naturally, yeah, there's more to it. There's the whole season, right? He's looking at the long-term thing. Um, I just felt... But this isn't just this game, right? I've seen it a number of times. I can't remember when. I've definitely felt this before, right? That his substitutes do often tend to backfire in ways. And now, how much of that is down to the manager? And how much of that is him just trusting players who just consistently maybe don't have the impact that he wants them to have? Probably an element of that. But I think there's something in it for, like, who he takes off. And, like, he's done it. He's done other weird things, right? Like, We've talked about it before that like he's left Saka on when he's been limping for like a good 10, 15 minutes. And like all of us are saying like, take him off, take him off. And he doesn't take him off. So there's definitely something about the way Arteta manages the squad, both in the 90 minutes and actually like rotating a bit that I think he's just not really figured out. And it's, it's hard, right? Like we're playing Champions League for the first time. We all said this was going to be a problem, right? It's easy when you can just take players off from the Europa League. Because like, worst case, if you lose the Europa League game, it's okay. But when you've got these like difficult games week in, week out, twice a week, that level has just gone up and the consequences of getting it wrong uh, are higher now as well. I do agree with a lot of what you said. I think there are some things which are maybe a bit different. So the Saka thing, for example... I think we should probably have to accept that he's a bit of an anomaly. Like those times that we see him limping at the end of games or whatever, where we're saying, you know, why is he, why is he keeping him on? Uh, I mean, he, 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 he just goes and starts the next game anyway, and he looks fine. Right. So I think, I don't know if there's something about Saka, those, the, those hobbling moments, like, it, you know, whether if another player's hobbling, it probably means they're really injured. If Saka's hobbling, it probably means like, oh uh, yeah, I don't know, just, I just need to shake something off. And to clearly the fact that he carries on playing the next game, the next game, the next game, I really don't think they would be taking material risks with his fitness, given what an important player he is for us. But taking a step back to what, what you said generally, I do think you're right in many ways, because there's no point us kind of sitting here and acting like Arteta is this super experienced manager who, um, you know, who's, who's seen all these shows before, knows exactly the sort of substitutions he needs to make, knows exactly how to rotate. He's still pretty new and pretty young in his career. And I think he probably feels, you know, a little bit of um, not, not pressure, but it's just, you know, as a new manager, you know, wanting to do things right and wanting to, to do well. That I think that over the, over his career at Arsenal, I would agree with you that I think early on it felt very much that in-game management was something that he struggled with a little bit. I do think it's got better. Like I think this season actually, generally speaking, when he's made substitutions, I feel like they have worked out. Our results probably point to the fact that that's true. I mean, even, you know, with Fulham, which we ended up drawing, I mean, he brings on Fabio Vieira and he, and he changes the game when we all just thought, what the hell is he doing bringing Fabio Vieira on? So I think, you know, that there are signs that it's getting it's getting better. But I think the truth of perhaps 
what we need to do a little bit better. You did actually allude to it in what you were saying earlier, Aaron, which is, I think it's actually somewhere in the middle. It's not necessarily that he's, I don't think the subs that he made were wrong in uh, again against Lance, but I think his selection in the first place was wrong because I think that in the Champions League, there's something to be said for just leaving some of your trump cards on the bench, just in the way that games seem to pan out, the emotion of it, etc. I feel like you need to have players who are just there, who you're going to be able to say, all right, I know for a fact that this person will very, very, well, not know for a fact, but it's very likely they will materially increase the quality of the team. So for example, you know, if it is a Saka, if it is a Rice, if it is a Jesus or whatever, keeping them on the bench in a game like this, because you know that, you know, you can bring them on and it should elevate, I think is probably the right thing to do. And maybe what a more experienced manager might end up doing. Um, because uh, like, I think you're, you're you're spot on in the end where you say, although every individual, you, you know, you can analyze every substitution and kind of go, okay, that made sense in it, in isolation. When you end the match with that lineup, it looks pretty poor. Like you don't look at that lineup at the end of the game and think, okay, that's the lineup I want chasing the game. Like that's not, you know, how it works out. So I wonder, like, I, and I hope for Arteta's sake, and I'm sure he, he is because he's a very analytical guy. I hope that he looks at games like this and kind of goes, Okay, I ended up, I ended the game with this. I probably didn't want to do that. Why did that happen? What do I need to do better? What do I need to do differently? Um, shall we pivot to the City game? Because obviously that is probably the biggest game of the season in theory now. We're you know, we are um fortunate enough or we deservedly are a, a title challenging team, and this is the team that um are there to take the crown from, right? And they have lost against Wolves. That was completely completely unexpected uh, and I think has handed the rest of the league well you know a few other teams in the league a bit of hope around you know perhaps it, it might not be City that runs away with it this season you know City have been excellent but they've quietly lost two games this season you know in two separate competitions but they have they've lost more games than Arsenal have in all competitions so this uh it's a, it's going to be a very interesting weekend I'm sure you'll agree what is on your mind, Mice? What do you, f- looking at that game on the weekend, what are the first things that are going in in your head? What, what's floating around? Um, Just crossing everything and praying to every Arsenal fan, praying to whatever God they believe in that Bakayo Saka is fit. Um, Even if you can only play some part of the game, because I think, I just worry. I, I really worry um, without him and without Martinelli. I was saying it before, just how important they are to our team. And, you know, Aaron said it, right? The attack still, if you just look at chances created or you just look at the, the statistics that indicate um, we're just not doing what we were doing last season or, or we're not doing it to the, the same level um, as we were last season. And then you're going up against the best team in the league. Um, you really want to have, obviously you want to have as many of your first 11 or, you know, your first team squad available. But I think when you take those, both of them out, um, I think it just makes it so much tougher. Um, so I'm, yeah, everyone's just waiting to see what the news is with Saka. Um, and that like my prediction pretty much is dependent on whether he's fit or not, to be honest. Um, uh, so I think I think I mean look, if if I just take the assumption that he's not going to be fit, um, 
what's going to be most interesting, I think, is how how does Arteta? Well, obviously, team selection is going to be really interesting, but how does he set up for this for for, for Sunday? Because you know Thomas Partey's back now as well. Well, I say he's back. He's back in the squad. Uh, he didn't come on uh, the other night. So, I, but I can imagine whether Saka's fit or not. But especially if Saka isn't fit, in my mind, he must be really Arteta must be really tempted to put. Thomas Partey in he he played in the Community Shield game uh, with Rice and Erdegaard in midfield. Um, obviously, we won that game, um, kind of just about. But I wonder if he'll look at look at the midfield. There's no Rodri on Sunday, and will he think? I'm sort of thinking it's not so much like I was going to say if we can dominate the midfield by playing our two best midfielders, our two two best central midfielders, um, is that going to make a difference to the result of the game? And I I guess what I mean by that is where where that, that, that hole that Rodri leaves in the team and the way that City play is huge. And so I just wonder if 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 he plays if he might be tempted to play both Partey and Rice kind of for that reason, to really just take control of the game, take control of the midfield, um, and dominate in that way, especially if Saka's not available um but yeah that, that's what's going to be most interesting you know you've got this Havertz dilemma does he stick with him it feels like he wants to stick with him and he's giving him every possible chance for it to work but then you've got players that player like Vieira for example like probably deserves a start more than Havertz you might argue but is this the right game for him so I just think there's loads of selection conundrums and interesting um decisions that he's got to make um across yeah across across the well i'd say across the midfield and across the front line that that that's well, kind of where i'm i'm looking at one of the conundrums i think is that you know like we you know if you think about it from layman terms like us as as kind of you know fans who have a basic knowledge about football i suppose you know in your mind playing two excellent defensive midfielders in the center of midfield seems like a really robust thing to do something that surely from a from a kind of stoic standpoint would make sense. But I'm not sure that's strictly true, right? You know, I, I feel like often things like that, although in theory um, should work, just don't. Like, and it's just that sometimes some defensive midfielders operate incredibly well as the sole defensive midfielder. And then you put two together and people don't quite operate in the same way. They occupy different spaces. They don't really know what they're supposed to be doing sometimes. And if we take a good example, right, Thomas Partey really flourished last season when Granit Xhaka was like told, like, just go run up there, like go, just go down there. Right. And Thomas Partey was like this lone defensive midfielder. And he really shone there where he perhaps like, you know, that was probably arguably his best season last season at the times. And uh, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've seen a Partey-Rice central midfield yet. We've seen Partey play with, you know, with Rice in the team as well, but that's when he's been that right-back kind of inverted right-back role. So um, like, I wonder actually whether that's something that, that would work or whether it's something that actually wouldn't necessarily bring the best out of either player. I mean, what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced you could play them together. Like, and I think, I don't know what you're implying, Mize, is if you play like, Declan Rice in the in that like the number eight yeah and play part yeah. behind him right? not yeah. not two holding midfielders yeah sorry yeah. maybe but it, yeah I don't know I'm not I'm not sure how yeah I mean the problem is with Havertz is like I don't think he's really figured out how to play that role yet that what Shaka was doing right and I think sometimes football is complicated but sometimes it's quite simple in the fact that like 
the reason we're not creating as many chances is like that that side is just not working as well, right? And because Havertz is just not doing what Xhaka was doing, and not, especially going forward and like in the box, just not really having that impact and not transitioning. Do you think it's a bit hard? Sorry to interrupt you there, but do you think it's a bit because I think that whenever people talk about this, they keep on talking about it in comparison to Granite Xhaka, but don't you think that? what he's asking of Havertz is not exactly the same. Like, I can't remember uh, uh, Xhaka last season being so important from a kind of central off-the-ball, dual-winning kind of role, like whereas Havertz and Rice are just these dual-winning monsters in the centre of the pitch. Basically, a huge reason why we've had this incredible away record, you know, forget Lons, but until then, we hadn't conceded an away goal. So so do you think it's a bit harsh or like... Like, I, d- I don't actually think Havertz was that bad against Lons, to be honest. I just think that uh, it sounds a bit s- silly, but I just think he needs a very, very specific set of circumstances to get the most out of him. Like, I don't think he works with Trossard on his left. Like, there were so many times against Lons where like, yeah. they just were in the same spaces. They didn't really pass to each other. It wasn't really working. He was in a good position. He didn't get the ball. Um I think, and I don't know, like it sounds a bit ridiculous, but I think we'll, the only time we'll get to see it really work is if we have Saka, Saka, Jesus and Martinelli in front of him, but we've never played that front three at all this season, right? But you can't have a £60 million player who can only function with three specific players in front of him that are basically never going to be fit all season, you know, knowing our luck. So I, th- I think there's a decent chance that on the weekend. Be, like, but yeah, fine if it works. Well, no, no, I was I was going to say I think there's a decent chance on the weekend he plays Havertz up front because that's what oh, he I was going to say. That's in what the I would, yeah. yeah, I would play. I'll play Jesus on the right if Saka's not fit, and then move Havertz up front. But I can almost imagine him just playing Eddie because Arteta just loves Eddie and his work rate and is just how hard he tries. Um, I don't feel like yeah. it's an Eddie game, though. Do you know what I mean? It's no, like, I don't. But I just can't visualize. If it, Saka's yeah. not fit, I—I I mean, he did it in the Community Shield, but I can't remember who was the front three in the Community Shield. Was it? Havertz Jesus. played up 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 yeah, top. Ha- uh, Jesus didn't play. It was Saka and Martinelli. Yeah. Martinelli, yeah. Uh, okay. Jesus was still injured cool. at that point. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think. Arteta might just be really determined to make Havertz work in this left eight role that um, he might just stick with it to his detriment. Um, but no, I think, yeah, that's what I would do if Saka's not fit. But I don't know, I wouldn't play. I wouldn't play Thomas Partey just yet. Like, to be fair, I feel like we needed him on the pitch when it was getting a bit static and samey on against Lons because we needed someone to just cut through those lines and break play a bit more. But no, I just think they're very, very similar-ish players, Rice and Partey. And I don't think, I think you've just got to pick one. I, I Like Arteta's tried to accommodate them both by playing Partey at right back to try and say like, well, they're two quality players. I, both, I want them both on the pitch. But I think yeah, yeah, that, was, that was more because Zinchenko was injured as well. And, you know, it was just, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it was a combination of that, right? But you still think, oh, I rate Partey, I want him on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can play Zinchenko, Partey and Rice in the same team. Um, I think that would be mm. just a bit too, especially against City, where you want a bit more defensive security than both your like fullbacks trying to invert. So, which is why I think Tommy Asu might play. Although I didn't think he was that good against Lons either, despite me backing him before the game. 
Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tomiyasu starts um, just for a little bit more defensive security as in one of the fullback roles. Do you think Arteta will give him his redemption in that way? Because it was last he season, I think, was the home game. Yeah, he, it, was, it was him in that first goal. I feel like Arteta is the sort of manager that would do that, that would sort of say, you know, go on, like, you know. I think he was thinking that, but then the way the way he played on Wednesday, on Tuesday, I'm not sure he might have spooked him a bit because I, I mean, don't he's think not, he was that great. He wouldn't. I mean, he wouldn't have. He's rested Ben White, so Ben White's starting on Sunday. I definitely think Ben White's starting on Sunday. I think he's going with the normal back four. Yeah, Zinchenko and Ben White as your fullbacks. Yeah, I can't. I personally can't see Tommy Asi starting there. I think. I don't know. I think. Um, What's his name? Um, because of Doku, if Doku plays, he might be a bit worried about Ben White going up against Doku, and he might like because Ben White, yeah, sometimes he's really good, but then there are other games where he really struggles against like tricky players who drift out mm-hmm. wide. Like I remember, yeah, he struggled against Rashford in the past, but then I remember against Palace, he did really well against Zaha. Um, but you know, Arteta in the past, he's played Tommy Asu right when he wants. When he was worried about Salah against Liverpool, yeah. he played Tommy Asu, right? Um, I wonder if he... I don't know if he's as worried about like Doku because you know, he looks like a good player, but could we could we handle him given Rodri's out and we can probably control him a bit more? Um, maybe. Another way of looking at this, yeah. though, Aaron, is like... And maybe... Uh, I mean, you know, tell me, Mike, what, what you think about this, but like... We could fall guilty of worrying so much about City that we just don't think, well, hang on a minute, you know, maybe a bit like what Newcastle did yesterday. Everyone kept asking Newcastle what you can do about him, you know, Eddie Howe, what you can do about Mbappe. Isn't it amazing? You're playing Champions League, PSG and that amazing, etc. But it feels like he basically just said, like, fuck this, like, we're going to do what we do best and we're going to kind of double down on that and we're going to back ourselves and if we lose we lose but if we you know but if we play to our strengths i believe that we can win don't you think Arteta sort of needs to do that for us and just say okay what is my what do i think is my best team to win the game as opposed to what is my best team to try and negate how city can hurt us it's still city though isn't it that's the thing like with alvarez and harland up front like you need to make a plan for them um but isn't that the point like with players of that quality if you go and say oh okay do you know what maybe Tomiyasu would have better luck defensively against there's a good chance that they could score anyway like Tomiyasu isn't kind of you know Tomiyasu is a very very good defender but you know at the end of the day like they, they are still an excellent team see so don't you have to kind of say well what yeah. is going to be my best maybe chance at home yeah I think maybe like if you're going to do that you do that at home right when you you can do that so maybe he might say actually yeah we're just going to play Ben White because he is better, especially if Saka's playing. He is far better for us going forward than Tommy Asu is on the ball. He just gives us so much more. And you say, like, yeah, sod it. Like, I'm just going to risk Ben White against Doku if he does play. And he's just going to have to deal with it because he gives us more going forward. So, yeah, I think he should be brave And when you put it like that. And just say, like, that we're the home team. We've given them trouble in the past. Um, and we've never really played them. Um as Charles says, like we've never really played them with a with a strong squad. We always have like some big hole in our squad. Like yeah, but, it's not even that like we have one player that's injured. We have like one, two players, and then like the but it's like Rob Holding that has to come in or something. 
someone really bad has to come in. Um, yeah, but mate, come on, that, that's a bit like it's expected. Okay, Rob Holding aside, that's why he's no longer at the club. But we're going to have a couple. Like every team has a couple of injuries. Like we 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 have aside from Martinelli and Timber, and Timber's a long term injury anyway. So we knew we knew that before the transfer window closed. Um, yeah, we're we, we're pretty healthy to be honest. No, no, I get that, but it's more oh, like... Saka as well, obviously. But Yeah, I feel like... I haven't got Rodri. Rodri's arguably the best DM in the world. Like, you know... KDB. I don't know his City and all the rest of it. No, no, I, I agree. I'm not saying like that. I'm just saying that when we... just seems to be that whenever we play City, like, we always have, like, those one or two positions that we have, like, a huge, huge drop-off in quality because there's no one anywhere near it. Like, if we went into that City game without Martinelli, I'd be like, okay, fine, we'll play Trossard. It's going to be okay. If we went in there without even Declan Rice, I'll be like, you know, it's fine. We've got Thomas Partey. Um, but we're going in there potentially without Saka. Like last year, we went in there without Saliba, I think. The season before, I think we went. Saliba, there I think, played at home. When we played them at home, we still yeah, had a pretty team. Away, we, we went, it was yeah, away. Yeah. Without, yeah. Uh, I think at home, we didn't have Partey because Jorginho played that game. Yeah. Um, and look, this is football, right? You can't complain too much about injuries, right? But... I would just love to see us like their best team versus our best team and just see us and just see how we compete because I think we would we'd do all right. I mean, Russ is saying it's a mental thing now uh, against City. I have to say, like, to some extent, um, I I do agree that, but but I think that's part, partly, because, I mean, that's like a natural thing. I think, you know, City, we do need to get, uh, a result in the Premier League against City, I think. And I think that we will know, you know, that last season we were in a really good position. Um, Saliba got injured. Um, that kind of rocked us. And then we lost the league title. And in that process of losing the league title, Man City beat us very convincingly twice. And they went on and they won the treble. And so I... I feel quite optimistic this weekend. I'm not saying I think we're going to win, but I do feel more optimistic than I did last season. And that, to be honest, is even if Saka's injured, to be honest, I still feel like we've got a, a chance. And So who would my, you play if Saka's injured then? like I'd probably play Jesus on the right, okay. like you said. And I'd play Jesus on the right and I'd play Habas up front and I'd probably play Trossard on the left. But anyway, um, I, I uh, my, my point there was, I think that a loss could be mentally really tough for us because if you lose, then, you know, it's again, it's that, it's that feeling of, you know, the city city beat us twice last season when we were potentially going to win the league. And then they went on win the league, they won the treble this season. Oh, they've just lost to wolves. Could we do it? And then, you know, if they beat us again, when we're actually quite a good team, you know, I know we were quite a good team last season. We've got a couple of better players now, you know, I, I, I think that would be tough. So, I, f- I feel like it's quite important for us to at least draw. Um, I mean, do, you, do Mice, do you think if, how important do you think the the result is this week? Because it is cool. It's it's much earlier on in the season than it was last season. So how, how important do you think? Yeah, I, I disagree a little bit, Raj, just around what effect a, a defeat might have on the team. Like, it depends on where you position us, right? It, it, if you say that we're City's closest challengers and the next step up from last season is to go and win the league, then yeah, because there's six points there to gain from City over the two games in the league. And it does feel like in order for us to sort of 
have a chance of, of, of coming above them, we probably need to win at least one of those games. Um, and, and I guess that, you, you you know, obviously you'd probably target the home game. Um, but I don't necessarily, I don't know. I just think if you look at how Liverpool are doing, for example, Liverpool have got, you know, Liverpool had one bad season out of kind of like five or six seasons and every one of those other, whatever, four, five, six seasons, they were basically pushing City pretty close. And Klopp obviously knows how to do that. He knows how to win the league against City. And I think Liverpool are probably up there in terms of if we're talking about title challenges. I definitely agree when you say, you know, this weekend's going to tell us a lot about where we are this season compared to them. But I don't necessarily think if we lose, that kind of derails our season or it means that, oh shit, like we're in a fight for top four. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to we'll push, we'll push, like we'll be pushing kind of top two, top three in the league, but we'll probably be the best, like we'll out there'll be a significant difference or gap between us and whoever's coming forth. Do you, do you know what I mean? I feel like there's there's three very good teams in the league this season. I think Liverpool will be one of those along with us and City. Um, it definitely, it de- obviously, like there's a, there is a mental thing because we haven't beaten them in so long. And I think the the charity shield, the community shield went a long way to helping with that. Like just beating them in the, in the community shield probably told these, these players that, you know, they're not as, like they're not an invincible team. Um, and they are beatable. But obviously, doing in the league is a very, very different thing. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, like you say, it's so early on in the season, we could lose on Sunday and then still go on like a wicked run all the way through to Christmas and New Year's and be like second in the league, third in the league, a couple of points behind them. Like, I don't think if they win, I think if they win, they go, what, five points clear of us? But there's like 30 games to play. Like, Four. Well, there's a one point gap at the moment. Sorry, four. Okay, fine. Um, you know, yeah, it, it, I think I think I feel like this team is is actually mentally pretty strong. Like they came back from, you know, I don't want to kind of talk about go over stuff we've talked about before, but you know that disappointment at the end of the season before last, coming fifth when Champions League was there for the taking. Um, you know, they came back from that to do what we did last season. So. I don't, and, and I think that all comes from the manager, right? I think that all comes from the mentality of the manager and just the standards that he's he's setting for the club. So, um, yeah, it'll be very, very disappointing to lose on Sunday. Would it be completely like damaging for the season? No, I don't think so because there's so many points to kind of recover. There's so many points to, to get to recover. Um, it's not like a seizing end, ending defeat. Um, but, yeah, like man, I don't know, man. Like I think I think we'll see on Sunday, right? If City come in, come to our ground and put in a really good performance and, and basically beat us, deservedly beat us, then I think that tells us where we are. There's still a gap, um, but we just have to hope that we can do something on Sunday and then see how the season pans out. Because like there could be a couple more Wolves types, Wolves type results for them. Where they're not expected to lose, but they might slip up, and then we have to be we have to be in a position where we're as consistent as possible in all the other games that we can we can um, sort of take advantage. That's fair. I mean, anything you want to add on that, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I don't. I think it would be good though, because right? you look at the way the title, the table is now with one point. You know, depending on what we do and what Spurs do, actually, like one of us, if we win. 
and Spurs drop points, or even on we could go top on goal difference potentially. Well, Spurs probably Spurs won't drop points where they're looting away. Looting away, yeah. So, yeah, actually, it could be bad. I probably want City to win because we don't want Spurs to finish the weekend on top. <laughs> um, but um, no, I think it's. I think it's just been that a bit of a weird start to the season where we haven't really got going yet. And actually, if we did win, this would just give us a bit of a boost to say, actually, don't forget, we're still in a mm. win a title race here. It's a uh, huge compliment, though, to how good we are, though. That I think that you know many fans would agree with what you just said that we haven't really got going, and you know we've lost one game, which is in the Champions League, and. That was the first time we conceded a goal away from home. We, you know, second in the league by a point, and I think most fans would completely agree with you. We have not, apart from that PSV game at home, we have not looked good going forward. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, assuming we get better, right? <laughs> and you'd have to hope we get better. Um, so yeah, I think it just would just give us a a nice boost, and I think it's one of those where you just see City where look, you know what they're like in the second half of the season, right? And they're so strong. They come into their prime. They rotate well, and that's when they squeeze the most out of their players, where actually if you've got them turning up without Rodri, without De Bruyne, you really have to just try and win because you lose then and you just think, well, we're going to have to go there. I don't know when we're going there, probably like February, March time next year they're going to be much, much better. Like, when are we going to have the chance, right? We need to just mm. get over this hurdle somehow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, will it... I think I'm with with Mize. Like, will it affect the... Des- like, I don't think it'll be as significant in the title race as it was last season because I think there will be more than one team. And that means there'll be other teams capable of taking points off City throughout the season. Um, whereas I felt like last season, if we didn't beat them... Like, like no one else came even came close, really. Um, but I think for us, it would just be that real kickstart to the season. But I think I'm with Mize that I, without Saka, I can't see it happening. Without Saka, you can't see us no. winning. But can you? So, do you see? Okay, okay, okay. Because I don't, I don't think we've got anyone else who can. I think you just take too much away, right? The only other player who can really play that position is Jesus. But then you have to play someone far, far worse up front in either Enketia or Havertz. Um, then it just becomes a very t- different tactical game, doesn't it? Because that's what I think the interesting thing of playing Havertz as centre-forward is. You play Havertz as centre-forward, it's not the same game as you play when you play Havertz or you play uh, sorry, where you play Jesus or you play yeah. Enketia, which is which is why like, I feel a bit more compelled to that you know, maybe it could, maybe we need to do that regardless because we know that it it had success when we played City in the Community Shield, having that outlet, having him right up there. And there are many people, you know, on on social media who are sort of tacticos, if you like, who would say that that is Havertz's best position. It is up front. He is a very good target man, and um, that's what we should be doing with him anyway. Um, and Havertz's history at Chelsea suggests that. He plays well in the big games. He's he, he's good in these very sort of tactical games. Um, probably why Arteta loves him. He's probably a very clever player. Um, so I don't know. That's why perhaps I'm not as... Uh, look, Saka's um, unbelievable. He's obviously our best right winger. We don't have, there's not even an argument, right, as to who's our best right winger. Um, 
But I don't think it's the end of the world if he doesn't play. Um, like, I don't necessarily think that him starting and him not starting makes could, could make the difference between a winner or a loss, perhaps. Like, I don't, I don't think of it at that level. Um, but I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't feel very confident if we didn't have Saka and we play like Eddie up front and it's like our normal formation, but without Saka. Play our normal formation without Saka, I think. I yeah, think we lose. to be fair, I mean, Saka's what played uh, 89 games in a row or something like that, right? So we don't even know what Arsenal without Saka looks like because mm. <laughs> we just haven't seen it. Um, so I, th- I think he'll play on Sunday. You think? I think. I mean, obviously, I have no insight into. None of us have any insight. I think that they they must be doing everything possible, knowing that we've got a two week break um, after that. I think they'll be well, just trying Southgate's to do everything. going to play him in the um, big England versus Australia game. <laughs> so. But there's there's no way in hell though that Southgate wouldn't have had a conversation with the Arsenal medical staff. But if the Arsenal medical staff turned around at this point and said, "Mate, like he's no." Like he's 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 injured, like yeah. or whatever. He's not going to name him. Like he's not going to name. Him. I, I'm pretty sure that they would have said, "Look, we're quietly confident," or maybe maybe they're fully confident. You know, there's there's you know there's theories floating around on on social media that actually, like it was a bit of a, it was not not a plan, but you know we were always going to take um Sakharov, and kind of him coming off in the cloud of an injury was like a tactic around managing his kind of England selection no, right? not and adding some doubt into like City conspiracy theory nonsense fate that is yeah. like 34th minute no way yeah 34th yeah. minute when we lose True. the game in the second game of the Champions League if it was like the League Cup it yeah. came up in the 89th minute fine um, but we weren't losing at that point right no <laughs> no let's, let's not, let's not yeah. if, if that's yeah. what happened um, yeah yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he's going to play. I think he will. I actually think. Would put it this way: Do you think if if you're Arteta and you said actually, if I don't play him on Sunday, I can then ha- I have like legitimate reason to pull him out of the England squad, and he no, gets a no, two no, week no. break. Would no, you? Like, would I, you do I, that? No, no. Or would no, you no, say like if I play him on City, against City? Then he has to go away with England for two weeks. They can still get him out, though, can't they? Like all yeah. the big clubs do it or have done it in the past. Like Saka's just too honest, right? It feels like he, he probably always feels like God's watching me if I lie. Like, <laughs> and, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that. Like, but yeah, you're right. Like, you can absolutely play and go afterwards. Oh, fucking hell, my leg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <you know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah, Arteta needs to get better at that because, like, all the big managers do it and they do it tactically and they withdraw their players that are, you know, in the red zone or have knocks or whatever. And they get away with it. So he needs to start doing the same, man. Like Saka plays way too many minutes for England. Plays like, starts every game. Yeah. Uh, and like you say, a game against, he doesn't need to play a game against Australia and whoever, I don't know who the other games are. I think. Oh, fine. So yeah. That's quite a big game, but <laughs> yeah. is that a qualifier? I think it is, yeah. yeah so, okay, but it's mental though, isn't it? Because when you think of it that way, right, where like Arsenal basically say, like, listen, like, doesn't matter what we do, we can't find anyone who can be a backup right winger to this guy. And England are basically doing the same thing. They're basically <laughs> just like, we can't, we've got loads of alleged wingers. Because we do, England have loads of a- alleged wingers. Mm-hmm. But still, like, Southgate's like, nah, like, they can't do the right wing job. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. A- anyway, do you guys want to do some predictions? So, uh, Miles, why don't you go? Why don't you uh, 
Should we do a with Saka and without Saka prediction just for oh, the hell of the yeah. conversation? So, um, Bakaya Saka starts. What do you think? Uh, so I had I had a prediction of one one. Uh, I was going to go one one. Um, I didn't really think if that was with or without Saka. To be honest, I'm gonna. Yeah, I think regardless. I think I think one one. I think early on in the season, sometimes it's just a game you don't want to lose, and I think it might end up being one of those games for us anyway. And I think City will be pretty happy with a point. I think they they rate us as a as a challenge to them. I think Pep looks at looks at us now as a as a proper team. Um, so I think he'll be pretty happy taking a point away from the Emirates. Uh, yeah, so I'm going I'm to go one-one with or, with or without Saka. I think even if Saka, I, I think Saka, I think, like I said, I think they're going to try and do everything possible to get him on the pitch, even if it's for sixty minutes. Um, but we know that he's not like. There's no way he's going to be fully fit. He's not going to be at a hundred percent or probably anywhere near that. Really, is he going to be? Yeah, I don't know. Is he going to be as effective um, as he usually is? Maybe, maybe not. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not saying he won't make a difference. Of course, if he plays, it makes a difference. It's 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 a massive upgrade on anyone else that plays in that position. But um, I don't know if he's going to be as effective because I'm not sure he's. Yeah, fitness is a massive concern with him at the moment. Um, yeah, one one man. I think it's going to be a fairly tight game, and uh, I think both both teams will be relatively happy with the point. What about you, Anna? What do you think? With with Saka or without Saka? With is it different, yeah, for you? Uh yeah, I think with Saka. Five I think one. we win two one. Or without Saka, I think we lose two 0 Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um that's a big swing. Yeah, it's a very big swing. But it's just like, it's Saka's quality, man. It's like he's by far one of the best players in the league. Yeah, but, but you take, we don't, yeah. But you yeah, take, we don't, okay. You take like the best player out of every team, they get noticeably worse. I'm not sure if you take the best kind of attacking player from every team, then it kind of swings a 2 1 win to a 2 0 yeah. loss. I don't think he's that like, but, but fair enough. I mean, I, but okay. I probably say maybe you could be right if I think that. Because even though Saka's like kind of clocked up uh, a few goals and assists this season, <laughs> excuse me, I still don't think he's been kind of his best. Uh, but man, maybe if he was at his best, then maybe it would be more of a but swing. Also, the I mean, quality of the replacement, right? Yeah, like, fair enough. There fair is enough. no like for like, which is okay. why I think it potentially disrupts us way too much, as we saw on Tuesday. Yeah. So I can't visualize us winning. Um, and I think partly it's for a number of reasons. One, probably I just don't have a recent memory of us beating City at home. I've just got all those feelings of us looking at points like we might be able to get a result and then not, and the City kind of, you know, getting the result in the end. Um, so I think that's stopping me from being that optimistic. Also, I think the fact that, like, you know, City have lost against Wolves, I can't imagine them losing two Premier League games on the bounce. Just, again, I can't visualise that. So I think... Um, but I think with I think Saka will make a difference because I think um, Aaron, and your point, like um, he's he's a brilliant player, and we just don't have uh, a good other right wing. Because I think even if you put Jesus on the right wing, um, it's a little bit different. There's that lack of kind of relationships that have been built with players, kind of you know on that side. Then, so look, I think that if Saka plays, I think if Saka starts, I think it will be a two-all draw. 
Um, but I think if he doesn't play, I can see us losing 2-1. Yeah, I can see that. Um, really, it's basically a one-goal difference to what I predicted. No. Well, yeah, okay, it's but it's a completely different result. One goal. That's like saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but a very quick question before um, maybe we end is because I wanted to ask this and I completely forgot. Is it Raya or is it Ramsdale that starts on the weekend? What do you think would happen and what would you want to happen? Are those different things? Mize, what about you? Uh, I think Raya starts. Um, yeah. What do I want to happen? Uh, like... Yeah, Ray, look, Ray has been pretty good since he came in. I'm still, I don't think he's been, like, there's been a couple of very good saves. Obviously, we've noticed a, a big difference with how he plays uh, how he plays the ball with his feet or how he, how he uses his feet. Um, all of the qualities that we knew that he brought to the team, he, he has been demonstrating, aside from that one bad pass against Lons. I, th- I don't know. Part of me does want to see Ramsdale. Like, I would like to see him because every Arsenal fan has a bit of a fondness for him. And... He does, there's like the passion element, <laughs> that passion element that he obviously gets out of the crowd and he sort of transmits it to the rest of the team. Like Raya doesn't really do that. or I haven't seen it from him yet. Um, and I don't know if that, it's very hard to quantify that as a factor, right? You don't know if that's a factor in how the team performs or in certain moments in the game or when he makes a big save and then he starts celebrating and gets the crowd up. Like you can't quantify that in terms of the result or goals or anything like that. But it feels like that is maybe something that might be missing from a game like Sunday. I don't think we won an emotional game on Sunday um, because it's City. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I think Ray is going to start. I'm ninety-nine percent sure Ray is going to start. I wouldn't be upset. I, I wouldn't wouldn't be upset either way, to be honest. But I guess just because of my, yeah, just like I don't think that the love that we've kind of built for Ramsdale is not there yet with Raya. Ra- Ra- so yeah, probably for that reason, probably say Ramsdale, but not really based on quality. Yeah, I think both have been very, very even from what I've seen. Um, yeah. Not really much of an answer for you there, but yeah. no, no, no. That's that's perfectly fine answer. I mean, uh, Aaron, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to say I don't care, but I don't really care. I'm not as invested, right? I think I want what's best for the club, and oh, who I want the better. I want the, I want answer, the better, Proper, I want the better uh, goalkeeper, but I can't tell you who I think. I, I they they look very similar to me. I I don't like when Ramsdale came in for Leno. I was like, this guy is like a level up, right? You could tell straight away. I don't gen I don't see that with Ray. I think he's a a good goalkeeper. I think statistically, the analysts will tell you that Raya is much better. I just can't see it. I think they're very similar. They've got some pros and some cons. Um yeah. and like that is like I don't think we've noticeably upgraded from going. Well, I think because I, I think the problem with the stats, like the problem with you know when you kind of read the numbers is like I don't. I always think that's a bit nonsense because you put a different keeper in a different team, everything changes. Like the expectations at Brentford versus Arsenal are completely different. The stars are completely different. How you need to concentrate is completely different. That's totally different. How teams play against you is totally different. And so like I don't really like that stat. So like I'm generally with the, with you guys on. On kind of how you answer, there's a question, right? Can you see a scenario where David Reyes starts 
Arsenal winning. It's like 2-1. And then, you know, City start turning on the pressure. And then Arteta goes, do you know what? Like, I need a keeper who is used to being under siege. And suddenly you see the board go up and Ramsdale comes on. Substitution, <laughs> 70th, 70th minute to see out the game, to like get the crowd going, to get the kind of like last ditch saves in. Can we see that at all? I don't know, mate. I mean, yeah, especially after I've been sitting here ripping into Arteta substitutions. Watch how he does that and like just wins us the game. <laughs> uh, I can't. I, I genuinely think he was very serious when he when he said that in that press conference. But yeah. I reckon yeah. like Arteta is that kind of guy where he thinks about that stuff, right? He probably thinks, I don't know. He probably has all sorts of crazy ideas. Like, should I? I don't know. Should I do a substitute of the physios? Bring the physio on, or something like that, or like some nonsense ideas. Um, he probably will. He's from sort of magic. He's probably come up with a scenario where it's more advantageous to play with ten players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, definitely, I reckon. Palace he's away. That. Palace away. Yeah, he's got me. some scenario in his mind where he goes, "Do you know what? Actually, yeah. Yeah, no maybe he, maybe he plays both goalkeepers at the same time and just thinks that sod it." Um, <laughs> No, I don't know, man. I think the, I think this goalkeeper thing is a bit. I'm just tired of the debate. But although to be fair, I I do think long term, I think Ramsdale will be number one. Like over, if you look over like two three years, really? Yeah, I think Ramsdale will is young enough where he can get better, and I think he will get better. I think the so reason what... Ramsdale was dropped was like just a confidence thing. He he might have you know, he had some personal stuff going on last year. And I think this competition will bring out the best in Ramsdale. Well, it might not happen this season. It might be next season when he kind of wins it back. But I think think there's a chance this ends up similarly to the Leno Martinez situation where he goes, Arteta's like, okay, you know, you know, I'm 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 doing what I need to do to get through. I think Reyes is maybe an upgrade on Ramsdale and that's probably whatever. But I reckon there could be a chance that he's not he's not ultra satisfied with either and that keeper is just not around yet or is not available yet or whatever it is and then in a couple of years he goes for another keeper and it's like the one that he really wants it's the one another that can one. do everything <laughs> he really wants yeah yeah, yeah. like I, I, I want i don't know like there's not it's, it's kind of baseless maybe but um part of it is because i think that we were linked with david Rea before before we even signed ramsdale um so i feel like if he was really convinced with David Rea, surely he would have got him back then. If th- if that was the keeper he really wanted, like surely he would have gone gone for him back then. But he didn't. He went for Ramsdale. That seemed to have worked out. And Mize, for all the reasons that you said, maybe that you know there were some question marks that rose. And then he's gone. Okay, do you know what? Like I think David Rea is quite good, so I'm going to get David Rea. And my David Rea is my slight upgrade on Ramsdale. But I wonder if the keeper that he truly dreams of is just not has just not manifested yet. I don't know. That's um. That's just my out there um, thought of the day. Um, but look, just to wind things down, like, uh, look, guys, thank you for everyone who joined us in the comments. Charles is saying that Arsenal needs to die on the pitch this game and just cannot lose. Uh, and he's going for the one all prediction. Um, fair play, Charles. That's pretty solid. And, and you know, Russ kind of on the right rare point, Russ is saying, I tell decided Ray is number one and that's how it will stay. Um, potentially that could very, very well be true, um, Russ. And, and Shani turning up right at the end um, with an evening boys. Hello, hello, hello. Um, cool. All right, guys. Well, look, I think um, did, 
I think that's it. Yeah, I think that I think we covered everything. Um, I appreciate you guys as always, and thank you for everyone for tuning in. Like, really do appreciate it. And then I hope you have everyone has a good few days before um, a massive home game. It feels like we've had so many massive home games this season so far. Man United are uh, returned to the Champions League against PSV, Tottenham, um, and Man City this weekend. And it's 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 kind of barely October's just started. It's crazy, isn't it? So um, cool. All right, guys. Good night. Nice one, mate. Goodbye. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.